Drama City's got that small town mentality. Come promote your music. Come talk about your insanity. No need to keep it PG, so feel free to say whatever you please. You can talk about the weather. You can talk about religion. You can talk about the news. Doesn't matter what you say. Just make sure what you say is true. But don't worry, just come through. We can have some laughs and giggles. We can even spit some riddles. I'm some fire instrumentals. Yeah, that's how we get down. Drama City's got that small town mentality. 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 <laughs> no, she couldn't make it. Welcome to Small Town Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Ben. Randy is here. How's it going? And today, our guests are a rock band from Arkansas. We just have one of them. TD is here from the band White Collar White Collar Sideshow. I can't talk today. Ben, Welcome Randy, what's show. happening, brothers? Um, yeah, your wife is not here with you, but I heard her in the background, so she's here in spirit. Sure. Yeah, she's got a friend downstairs. We we're actually in um, we're from Fort Smith, Arkansas, is our hometown, old Western infamous town. Judge Parker and all of the um, he was known as the Hanging Judge. And uh, back when the Indian territories, you know, crossing over into Oklahoma, the movie True Grit is actually has a lot of Fort Smith flavor in it. Lonesome Dove, if you're into Westerns. Um, but yeah, my wife, we're so right now we're in Nashville and um, and that's a second home for us. And we're parked about three blocks from Broadway, which is where all the honky tonks are. Uh, there's a church here that we've had uh, that's been in our family, I guess, since about 09. Um, and we have a key to the church. It's called the anchor. And so when we pull into Nashville, we park our, our, we live in a 24 foot, basically a U-Haul that we've turned into a micro house slash holds all of our equipment too. So we live mm-hmm. in about seven feet of space. And, uh, and so it's in our apartment. We're usually on the road, you know, working three shifts town to town, place to place, except for this year, obviously. Yeah. And so when we pull into Nashville, we pull into the Anchor Church, our home here, and uh, plug in. There's a shower, and then we're right in the middle of uh, downtown Nashville, man. Nice. Living like hobos. Yeah, I, I saw that you guys have toured uh, 46 states and a lot of uh, other countries. Looks yeah, like. man. We have done a lot of crazy things that I never thought would happen in our life. You know, you dream of those things when you're when you're a kid. and you Like, I started playing drums when I was in, 19, in 1986, so grew up with hair metal and Tommy Lee, you know, was one of my heroes playing drums. And, um, and you know, you, you start, you get into bands and you start playing and you, what, that's what you dream about, right? Like touring and traveling and you never know where you're going to be. And I I honestly never knew this was going to be my life. (laughs) Yeah. I tried to do the whole band thing when I was a teenager. I I also played the drums. um, Nice. It was a lot of fun, but I, I've told the story on the show before, but somebody stole my drum set. What? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to say? No, I was going to say, you played the drums, but then I remember you telling that story. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Somebody stole them. I thought Randy was fixing to say he took them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might have. 
No, I was in the, I was in this band. I'll tell I'll rehash the story. I was in this band with the, an older gentleman and a guitarist and stuff, and we were playing in his garage. And then one day I went over there to to practice, and he had moved out. Nothing was in the garage. What? Yeah, he just took everything. Wow! Come on. Yeah, and I I, I mean I played him every now and then since then, but it's been probably fifteen years. But wow, man! Well, you still got it in your blood, I'm sure. Yeah, I tap my foot a lot, you know, <laughs> on the gas pedal mostly. But. Uh, well, we have something in common then since we're both drivers, huh? Yeah, both drivers and both kind of, you know, you're a little more drummer than I'll ever be. but <laughs> And probably vagabonds with the yeah. way that we're, we're driving and sleeping. We both sleep at truck stops then, I guess. Uh, actually, I used to. I used to be OTR, but now I'm home every day, which is nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, all right. I do local delivery. Well, so, local delivery, I guess. So I'm not here right now, huh? Nope. <laughs> okay. It's like I'm a driver and a drummer too, and this I'm not really getting in on this conversation at all. So, man, I didn't know that, Randy. Drums. Well, man. I knew he was a driver. I didn't know he was a drummer. Yeah, I started out on drums and then just fucked around with a bunch of other stuff. Never really got that good at anything. So yeah, that's like my life. That's yeah, pretty but, much yeah. What'd you do? Did you play drums in uh, the marching band? No, no, no. Good God, no. I got suspended too much for that. That's... <laughs> well, then me and Randy have a lot in common. <laughs> Except I did play drums. I played drums in marching band um, all the way up through high school. And uh, and then, uh, but I was suspended from school many times. So I um, guess we, we kind of have a uh, little bit in common there. <laughs> I was talking to to TD a little bit before the show started, and I said I just found your TikTok. He doesn't also just drum. He drums on a lot of different things, which is really cool. Like he's drumming on bridges, and he does a lot of uh, artsy black and white. Um, I don't know how to explain it. What is that? Freestyle drumming, I guess. Yeah. You, you put it. I, I was a skater when I was uh, – I used to skate a lot with my buddies – in uh, Jacksonville. So shout out to the Foxwood boys. And, um, and I guess, you know, I still watch a lot of skateboard videos. I don't skate, you know? Um, but then I was like, so when COVID hit, right. So we had an album come out last year, we did one tour and had so many festivals and everything lined up this year. And then obviously everything got canceled to reschedule and then rescheduled to cancel. Um, so my wife being the genius that she is, says, look, why don't we just go shoot some like one minute videos of you drumming on stuff? And, um, and let's, let's just see what happens. Let's, let's, let's take creativity to a different level. And of course I'm a black and white fan. Like I love the classic look. And so our whole album that we, it took us two years to do an album. Um, not just because we would do film with all of our music as well. So it's like a, if you come to a show, you get like this, I don't want to say it's a Pink Floyd, the wall experience, but it's definitely a nine inch nails, weird, strange uh, visuals. But the whole film behind us is a solid concept. And the, our latest one, we did like a Sin City um, throwback to Mad Max kind of vibe. And it's all in black and white. So every picture and every video that we've tried to do over the last two years for this whole project has been everything black and white. So there's yeah. a lot of people out there that are like, oh, your videos are they're so artsy because they're black and white. And I'm like, I just love black and white, man. I didn't do it to be artsy yeah. or whatever. Anyway, um, so she comes up with the idea of how do we keep entertaining people when there's nothing happening? Like, obviously, you have your music, but your videos and stuff you're pushing out there. 
but what's something that you can do on a weekly basis that um, might keep people, you know, at the forefront of, of their minds, even with everything, or give someone a minute vacation, you know, if you're somewhere doing something. So like I, I did one video, right? Uh, I played on an air conditioner. Mm-hmm. And so we film our music videos. It took us two and a half years. We put a music video out, you know, it gets 10,000 views, which is to me amazing. 20,000 views. I mean, that's like, I'm like, wow, 20,000 people. i go play on an air conditioner for a minute and it gets 80,000 views. And I'm like, holy cow, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Like here I am putting all this stuff, but man, it turned out to be super cool because it's been another way to kind of get creative. And now that I've done so many of these, I'm starting to layer the tracks and put all these different things together. And it's like, it's getting so advanced. It's almost like putting a song together. But I yeah. love it, man. I really do. And it, it does keep you on your toes because, you know, concrete, metal, uh, it all sounds the same when you're hitting something with a stick, right? You guys know this because you're drummers. Yeah. So it's trying to figure out how to get creative with your sounds, too, and uh, where everything doesn't sound the same. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's it was a, really cool. I thought it was cool. And, and you, like you said, you're downtown Nashville there. It's, it's a artsy-type place. I've been, I've been down there. I, I lived in uh, Chattanooga for four or five months cool man so we, were, we would drive around all over the place chattanooga was uh was a really cool place yeah we played chattanooga. yeah but yeah yeah nashville, i mean it's super cool so we came to nashville right when covid hit yeah and so everyone if you can imagine we're parked three blocks from the honky tonks from broadway and there's not a soul in the city except for us we get up work out every morning run downtown there's no one so it's feels like a zombie apocalypse, you know, yeah. everyone's inside, no one's going to work. Um, so we were like, wow, let's do these drum videos on these pieces of art. Like no one's around to, to see, to see what you're doing, I guess. And so, it, um, kind of worked to our advantage, but yeah, I, it was, it's, it's just a crazy time. You guys know it. My, my mom, uh, recorded an album in, uh, Nashville where she was on, a mixed city or something, but she did a lot of uh, gospel, you know, churchy, sure, churchy country gospel stuff. I'd love to but play yeah, on she, some of that stuff. I remember she recorded an album down in Nashville, and we had uh, it was in the '90s. We had so many tapes. I bet you <laughs> I still have some random places. But she had, she bought like I swear fifty thousand tapes. We just had them in our garage for a long time. <laughs> the old cassettes, man. I used to have my Walkman. She still sings and stuff, but mostly just in church. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? I play drums in church every now and then. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, a, I'm actually a believer, if you guys can believe that. I know that you yeah. kind of just discovered us and we had these, these crazy music and crazy shows. But I had a, uh, a life-changing moment back in the year 2000. And um, I went through seven lung operations from, uh, from drugs and cigarettes. And I started smoking, I guess, when I was about 12. and. Um, trying to live like my rock and roll heroes, all the dead guys, um, all that kind of jive. And my lungs kept collapsing and they finally had to cement my lungs into my rib cage. And, uh, and so about 2001, um, you know, the artist curse is suicide and depression. And that's something I have struggled with all my life. Um, went to, uh, a guy that I was working with and I was struggling. I was just struggling with life because I, I was so used to being on drugs and doing all these things that I couldn't focus. I couldn't even have human contact conversation with someone without being on something. 
And, um, and this dude was like, man, have you ever tried Jesus? And I was like, man, are you crazy? You can't see God or Jesus or none of that stuff. You're not going to catch me pushing a Bible around. And, and, um, and then, you know, he was like, man, I, I went and stood on top of my apartment building that night and thought about jumping. It was like this, for me, it was like this Lieutenant Dan moment in Forrest Gump where he's like on the boat going, it's either me or you, God, figure this out. You know, he's yelling. And, and that was kind of this moment for me. Um, I didn't have the courage to jump. And I went back to this guy the next day. His name was Philip that I worked with at, at a factory. And I was like, man, you know what? Like, here's the deal. I've been through psychologists, psychiatrists. I've been in the state, Arkansas State Mental Institution for suicide, depression. I've been through surgery after surgery, hatred, anger, frustration. If your God doesn't change my life, then what will I do? And he was like, man, you're thinking about this the wrong way. You're seeing church as just people that want money. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's, that's what I see. He's like, man, here's the thing. You, your whole life is a story. And God wants to use your life and your story to help someone else realize they're not alone on the planet because so many people struggle and they get in their mind that they're the only ones on the planet that are struggling with this. It's almost like your mind becomes your own prison. And, um, and I was like, for whatever reason, when he said that, it really hit me like, wow, maybe I do have a purpose on this planet and I don't know what that is. And then he prayed a prayer with me. I was on my forklift at, at work, dr drug addicted forklift driver. That's what every boss wants driving for him. And um, I've seen it before. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have. And uh, and he prayed with me. And, you know, that day something changed. It was like Discovery Channel, Ghost Hunters, you know, just uh, just in an instant. It just snapped. And my life was different. And from from that moment on, if it wasn't for that moment, I wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing today. So I'm certainly a believer and I do try to put our spin and take. Um, I came up from an Ozfest era, so, you know, I didn't grow up in church or, or the Christian, the way Christi Christianity is in churches now. And so I bring my flavor of where I grew up into a world and try to challenge people's thinking with that, you know, humanity mm -hmm. and, and justice. And, and I think that's important. And I think that's what good art should do. It should challenge people's thinking and it should inspire people to dream big again. Yeah, me and Randy both grew up in, uh, you were going to say something too, but we grew, both grew up in the church type era. Yeah. Well, my parents never really made me go to church or yeah. anything like that. Uh, in fact, I like the joke that Christian schools are the uh, leading cause of atheism because you can only beat someone over the head with the Bible for so long before they resent it. Yeah. Uh, it blows my mind. It blows my mind some of the ways that people, uh, a lot of people, a lot of Christians are really, uh, weird and buckled down because that's not the household I grew up in. That's not how I am to this day. Uh, you know, my dad, we, I would go to church with my dad. Okay. My dad would be the loudest one. He would sit in the back and he would be the loudest one. Just, you know, just imagine a preacher going on and dad's back there. Come on now. <laughs> Amen. Oh, you tell it. All right now. Come on now. And then we come home and clean up the house and he'd put on Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they just come home from church, turn on the stereo. Hey, hey, mom, I said the way you move. And we Man, that's cool. <laughs> and it's yeah. just so weird to me that it's like Led Zeppelin is the devil. I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think that I, I, I can totally identify with that, Randy. My um, 
I, I went to, I didn't have to, well, I, I did have to go to church. That's what we did on Sundays. My parents made me go to church. Same. Um, and then you had to dress up. We went to a Methodist church. And, um, and so, you know, I was involved with the youth group. This is in the eighties too. So, you know, you didn't have all the cool stuff you have at churches nowadays. And, uh, but uh, it's back when, oh, go ahead. I was just going to chime in with back when Dungeons and Dragons was the devil and Ozzy <laughs> right. was the devil. And if you tie your left shoelace before the right shoelace, that was the devil too. Yeah. See, I never, but I was never taught that because like my dad had pretty good taste in music. You know, we listened to Almond Brothers and Beatles and, you know, at the time when I was a kid, I didn't really, it was almost like your parents are listening to it. So I, I wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, I was into, you know, Metallica and, uh, a lot of you know 80s metal bands my dad used to always say um oh that's bubblegum pop son <laughs> but you know it, it like it's different perspective for everybody i mean that's part of it too i if you would have told me that i was going to have a life changing moment and and still thank the lord you know for everything that's happened in my life through this journey i mean part of it is i feel like i'm on a mission you know i feel like why am I doing, why would I even be doing this if, if there wasn't out there to use music to share stories with people, just like we're having a conversation right now, or yeah. if there wasn't an opportunity to sharpen iron with someone or learn how to do something better learn from your failures and your mistakes. I've made a ton of them. I've made a ton of them on this and, um, and I've hurt many people and, and you got to learn from it and grow from it. But if other people don't know those stories or, or you're not sharpening iron with someone, I mean, ultimately, you want other people to do greater things than you ever will. At least that's what I want, you know, and uh, and that's not being a selfish musician, I guess, is in the rock and roll sense of it. But it's being a human being. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm I'm two beers deep and I've been reading a lot of C.S. Lewis. So, yeah, baby, change the subject right now. This is going to turn into Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. We That's, we can go there, dude. I'm I'm ready. We can go no there. Way. I've, I've done it too. It's man. not really the. Uh, I've got I've gotten into it usually with the uh, old Kelsey Hudgens over there at the Kelsey yeah. Hudgens show. Me and him got into Bibles and churches and all kinds of stuff several times. But yeah, like I said, we all grew up in that. I I, I did it for 18 years, and then uh, my mom's a a pastor. My my grandpa's a pastor. He, my grandpa married uh, me and my wife. So I definitely grew up with it in my family, you know, and I don't know, I can't, I don't, I couldn't tell you the reason I fell out of it, but it, it's been a couple of years. So your grandfather officiated the That's, ceremony yeah. with you and your yeah. wife. You got to, because I officiated my sister's wedding ceremony. And when you have a thick Southern accent, you can't just go around saying I married my sister. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got you to be very precise when you're talking about that. That's in Arkansas, that could, that could roll over pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah td uh travels the country with his wife you guys must get along pretty good you you're in a band together you travel the country together you tour she's you know takes care of all the stuff managing and all that stuff man she get along pretty well yeah we so we've been married uh 19 years january will be 20 years and um and so we've been white collar sideshow for 14 so obviously this has been the longest thing that we have done in our in our marriage together yeah and uh, yeah so a lot of people would probably think man i i don't think i could spend 24 hours a day with my wife <laughs> but my wife is uh i mean she's my best friend um yeah we work really really well together she does the business i do the creative and then 
you know, it just, it's just a great combination. Um, she's, uh, she's someone who's for a lot of the dreams that I've had. Uh, she's also someone in my life where I've, where I've had major failures has also helped me become a rock again and get back into, or she's been a rock in my life. I'll put it that way. You get back to my roots and get back up off the ground and, and keep going. And, and, um, I just, man, I can't, I can't thank her enough. We, um, she managed when we first got married, uh, we had odds and end jobs. I worked at a factory. Um, and then I started working at this music store. I was the drum salesman at a, at a music store. And uh, I worked there for five years. You know, that's the that's your dream job as a drummer, right? Like you're yeah. like a, like a it's a it was called Sigler Music. Uh, it was a mom and pop shop, but they had three shops in Arkansas, and um, similar to like a guitar center but smaller. But I had this cool drum shop where I had drums hanging from the ceiling. I mean, it was just awesome. And um, she, my boss, hired her to start managing their online business. And their online business just took off. I mean, crazy. They were shipping three or 400 packages a week all over the world, you know, music gear. And, um, and I had been, just went to Minnesota and helped a festival out there, put some drums, some backline, some drums for uh, risen drums. That's the company that sponsors us. And I played their drums for since about 2002. And, um, she, I was having all these crazy dreams about, this drum, drum and bass, this crazy show with this girl in this cage and this pig for a drummer and all this film stuff. And I was like, Veronica, we should do this with our life, man. Let's just, let's at least make some t-shirts or something. And she's like, hell no, man. You, are you on drugs? Like a chicken, a cage and a pig and, and all these different ideas. And I'm like, you know, and again, like Slipknot was big back, you know, starting off back then. And I'm like, yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would wake up every night and I would write these dreams down. And these dreams ultimately became the blueprint for our first EP and going into our second album. And, um, and she called me when I was in Minneapolis one day and she, we were at, at a church. She was at church and she called me and said, man, God told me to jump today. And I was like, OK, where are you jumping to? She said, well, we had a guy come. And, and, uh, and speak at the church and said, if your life was a bumper sticker and you could only put one phrase in that bumper sticker, what would it read? And she was like, well, American dreamer. Like we already had a four bedroom house. We had three cars. I had a 66 Austin Healy in mint condition, hot tub, you know, acre of land. Our future goals were a couple Harleys trip to Vegas you know, what, that's what you're supposed to, that's what you're taught to have when you're a kid, all these things. And, um, and she said, you know what, my life as a bumper sticker is the American dreamer. And I feel like I'm not changing the world in any way. I feel like all I'm doing is for us and just me, me, me and selfishness. And literally we would come home and look at each other and we would look like zombies. I mean, we we're just like, wow, we're coming home, watching our TV shows. What else is there to do with our life? So she messaged me and said, look, I feel like um, feel like God told me to jump. I feel like we should sell everything we own, get rid of everything we own, um, take these dreams on the road, and uh, and figure out life this this way. And I was like, "Woman, are you crazy? Are you on drugs?" And uh, we got back home. I got back home from Minnesota that day. That was in 2006, and um, and that's what we did, man. It took us a couple years to get debt free, 
We eventually had a house with just a futon and a television, not, not a flat screen. They didn't have flat screens back when, or they were expensive back then. Yeah. But, but just a TV stand with a large TV and a futon. And what we didn't sell, we just gave it away. Moved into a 20-foot Winnebago with a trailer. Uh, sold a car to do a recording of, of our first EP. Sold another car to do the film. Sold everything else to purchase this RV and our music gear. And started hitting the road and had no clue what we were doing. And we've been doing that ever since. Yeah, I was going to... Uh, one thing that we like to ask a lot of the... Uh, we've just started doing the the whole get having bands on and stuff. We we've done a song of the week for a long time. And then, uh, we finally started getting with Angela and, and sell and, and those guys at curtain call records. And they were like, let's just start having some guys on. So, so we've been trying to come up with certain things to ask people here and there. But one of the, one question we like to ask bands is, uh, what's the worst show you've ever had? Just cause that's a fun one. <laughs> the worst, Usually I'm trying to think of the worst show we've ever had. Worst um, show or uh, funniest? We've had so many shows. <laughs> well, I guess I can say a funny moment. Um, we so I know you guys haven't researched us or do know what we do, but I I play a two man saw blade in our show. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're super long. Um, maybe uh back in the day yeah. you had two dudes sawing down a tree it would probably I think take I saw all day. your tiktok with you holding one of them yeah yeah so I'm still on. one today yeah. um so for about uh I've, I've used i've used one ever since the beginning of us started touring and um and everybody loves to see the saw blade and then um and then so one show you know i don't know if this is funny to you guys it's funny to me um i don't know how many shows this thing has been through and um and so I'm banging on it, I'm banging on it. It's the start of one of our songs, and it just snaps in half. I've never had anything do that. And it was like almost a scary moment for the audience, except I put, <laughs> I put my cowboy boot on one of the handles, and I have the other handle in my hand so I can bend it. So when it snapped, it just snapped. And it looked like I was fixing to throw that saw blade right into the audience. And, you know, everyone's sitting right there. So everybody went, wah. And then I thought that one on the foot was fixing to fly out too, but it didn't. It just went straight down. So it was just an interesting moment of saw blades and audiences and people. And and we're a horror show back then too. We did a lot of horror movies that play behind us. So very Rob Zombie, Nine Inch Nails-ish. So of course, um, you know, you you make a living scaring the audience in the first place. So yeah, but, yeah I mean, I, there's man, it's hard to remember, you know, been on the road for 12 years. So trying to remember yeah. a, a, a funny moment or a scary moment, the moments that irritate mm -hmm. you is when, when the sound guys are sleeping, like that's what is, you know, did, uh, did you look at the audience and say, Hey, you never saw that coming. <laughs> they probably said that when we first got there. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, we, some of the people have come up with like, I don't know. There, there's been some pretty interesting stories when that question came up, but yeah, like they most of the time they think of like the worst place they've ever played, no, like it was gross, video. yeah, or something like that. Sure, that's a, the saw blade one's pretty fun. That's a lot of places for us. Plus, our drummer is a creepy pig, right? So he would wear a pig <laughs> mask, and so some songs he would go out into the audience, and and just the lights would be off and there'd just be the film and he would just come around and come up behind people and just be like, ah. 
and just scare it while the film's going on and all this stuff. And I mean, man, it was awesome. So you it guys, was, you're making it sound like more of a performance, like performance rock. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of got that more of a, a theater, I guess. I mean, it's a show, it's a rock mm-hmm. show, but it has a lot of theater elements. A lot of industry people have never known what to do with us for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and the opposite of that question is what's one of the best places you've ever played where you felt like, I don't know, maybe you felt the best or the crowd was huge or, you know, the coolest venue or something like that. Yeah, for sure. I got a couple, man. Um, of course we did a, t- we've done some touring in Brazil and um, I would have to say Brazil across the board to me is uh, hands down. We fit in very well there. And um, even though you don't speak the language, having film in your in your shows can really show people what you're trying to say. And uh, man, it was just really cool because it was almost like, and it could be different now because we haven't been there in, in a couple of years. Um, cell phones, like when you go to a show in in the U.S., everybody's got their phone up or they're you know or they're on their phone. Yeah. And in, in Brazil, man, people put their stuff away and like hung out with you and were into what you were doing. So I would say Brazil across the board is pretty sweet. Chile was, was very similar to that too. Pretty sweet. But, um, I, I would say, uh, we played a festival in Poland, um, called slot festival. And it was in a 12th century castle. Oh, wow. And the, the castle was so big. Every stage of the festival was inside the castle. And, but what was super cool about the festival was they weren't just about like music at 10 o'clock in the morning and it goes on till, you know, 2 a.m. They actually, the castle was so big, they had people set up classrooms. And so during the day, music wouldn't start till like three in the afternoon. During the day, you could sign up to learn how to build a motorcycle engine or go and blacksmith a knife. Like you, you could go do all, cooking. You could go and sign up for all these things because they were trying to show like, what's it like to have community rather than just come party at a festival the whole time, yeah. uh, which, which I thought was really cool and where everybody became unified at a festival rather than every man for himself or you're going to a mosh pit and you're getting punched in the face by the drunkest dude. And, uh, and so, um, but what was super cool also about that festival, they had us as a headliner and, uh, and we didn't think anybody knew who we were there, which they probably still don't. Um, but the stage was so big, all the lighting, the film was giant and the audience was just huge. And everybody's just, even though they don't know what you're saying, I mean, they're just dancing and having a blast. And I'll never forget that, man. I feel like, I feel like, you know, we don't make a lot of money in the music business. There, there's just no money uh, unless you become Justin Bieber or, and all of those things are lottery tickets. So you live to survive. That's why we live in our vehicle because there's yeah. no overhead. Um, but I would say that getting to go and perform in these different countries and getting to play in front of audiences and seeing things, culture and having currency and different things is, is the payment. That's the gift that I might've never seen in my life. You know, this is, it, it, that's to me a success. And, um, and I hope, you know, COVID ends and we get to go back to a lot of these yeah. places and, um, but building relationships and let music do that, man, that's what success is about to me. That festival sounds awesome. I wish I could do something like that someday. 
I've never left the country though. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Where was this again? <laughs> Poland. Yeah, it was in Poland. Man, Poland has one of the biggest festivals. It's uh, it's actually called Woodstock, believe it or not, and I think it's five hundred thousand people go. Wow. Um, a lot of a lot of Europe have the biggest festivals because the countries are so small. I mean, you know, um, it, it's uh, it's I a different ball game. Poland sometime. <laughs> Oh man, you got to get out of this country. And then when you yeah, come back, you'll be like, sure. "Wow, even poor people here have three I've cars." Been, I've been throughout the country. I think I've I've about same same states as you guys, around 46, 48 somewhere in there. But um yeah, uh you guys aren't like, as far as success. I mean, you guys aren't doing too bad. You're verified on on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on with your Instagram, but <laughs> Yeah, man. I you know, my wife does a lot of that stuff. I it's yeah. All of those things are, it's funny that like we, right now we've got a song on the charts, which is um, amazing. Yeah. And, and, uh, something that, again, that you dream about when you're a kid, when you get into rock and roll music. And then I was just, um, invited into the Grammy, uh, nominating committee this year, which is, um, something that is, uh, very, very honorable. And, um, and I'm super stoked about that. You know, a guy that lives in a truck is able to, to do something like that. Um, so like this year has been really a lot of gifts. I mean, um, I think that's been the, uh, I think for us, you know, again, that, that would be how a lot of people in the industry measure success. Um, for me, it's like, wow, we've been doing this for 14 years. We've been working our tails off this whole time, you know, 24 hours a day, eight days a week. And, um, people, people will say to me, Hey, since COVID's hit, do you think you're going to get a real job? And I'm like, Oh, this isn't a real job. I'm working 24 hours a day, three, you know, eight hours, eight hours. It, it just never ends. It's, it's just so busy all the time. And, yeah. um, and so it, it just shows like hard work does pay off. And even if this was the tippy top of everything of, of those kinds of successes, um, I'd still be creating and I'd still be writing and I'd still be trying to figure out um, what's next. What's the next step. Yeah, uh, you guys been. I was I just a second ago because we played your song last our last episode, and I didn't want to do the same one. We like to play the song with the person we have on the show, so I was going to do a different one this week because we played uh, "Bring Out Your Dead" on our last episode. So I did. I just didn't want to. Well, thanks for playing our stuff, man. We we certainly oh, yeah, we love it. it. Yeah, we we like I said, we started doing that like two years ago, and Current Call Records just kept hooking it up with great stuff every week, and. Song of the week has uh has been awesome. I love I love doing it, and yeah. it, it gets uh it's just a couple more eyes and ears on on uh, people trying to do do their thing, you know. Yeah, for sure, man. I think that's if I can help out in any it. way possible, I'm gonna try my best, you know. So I, well, and I, you know, I love music. So Curtain Call's been uh, been a good company for us. Um, we just were hanging out with them in uh in in um. Memphis, close to well, not well, not really Memphis. It was really close to Mississippi and the Tennessee border. So, um, but uh, John and Gigi is who we we're hanging out with, and um, got to finally meet them in person like a week ago. And it's been oh, nice. uh, they're super cool people, and uh, it's good to have. Like I feel like we're a band that scratches and claws. Like that's what we're doing all the time, figuring out how to keep going, figuring out how yeah. to keep doing this. And I feel like they do that for us too, and a lot of their bands. And uh, so it's super cool that you guys are hooked up with them. I think it's, um, I think oh, it's yeah, awesome. we love them. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun doing this song of the week. I was going to ask, uh, what have you guys been doing? You know, with uh, kind of downtime, not really, but 
Corona time. Are you been uh, recording and writing songs and stuff like that? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I've been doing some pre-production work at a studio called Two Twenty One, um, and man, they have been very kind and generous to us. Um, and it's been act- actually a really good team. We have also like our routine is uh, we have a routine. Like we get up, we work out in the morning. Um, just so you know, I'm 45 years old. So, uh, in order to keep up with the 20 somethings that are out there as a performer and, and singing and drumming at the same time. Um, and you got to stay in shape. You got to eat right. There's a lot to our routine that is, um, that has challenged me in the last five or six years to be able to do this for a living at this age. And, um, and so our routine, that's it, man, get up, work out. We are, we sit down, we figure out what's going on for the day. Interviews, podcast, uh, writing music, coming up with creative ideas as far as the drumming stuff goes and coming up with the ideas for our future album and future films. And that stuff never ends. And then you're constantly messaging people. Hey, will you play this? Hey, will you listen to this? Hey, you yeah. guys like using, using the things that are happening to try to, um, to try to keep going to try to keep momentum happening. And, um, yeah. and that's, for all the thousands of no's that you get, you know, you might get a yes. And then all the empty promises that happen, you might get something super cool. So it's, it's hard work. And, and my, my wife for one never sleeps. Like she is the energizer bunny, you know, um, we finally took a day off, I guess, after three months of COVID, which is uh, interesting because a lot of people think musicians have a day off every day. Um, but for us, how hard we work is, is what shows what's paying off. And, um, and we took a day off and felt guilty for that. So like even our pastor is like, man, you guys, you've got to learn how to take days off because you're going to work yourselves to death. And, um, and you don't recognize it or realize it, you know, until, until you get sick or something. It's like, wow, I need a break. I need a break. So that's us, man. That's us. You know, we go, we've been going back and forth and our producer, that we work with is in Los Angeles. He's done our last couple albums, the, also the album uh, "Bring Out Your" with "Bring Out Your Dead" on it, and um, and that's another studio that we work with. His name's Chris Baseford, and he's mostly known. Uh, he works with the uh, Avril Lavigne and Nickelback, and he's done some work. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I read that on your bio earlier. He works a lot with uh, Rob Zombie, or he has worked with Rob Zombie, Tommy Lee, um, a lot of different artists, and um, and I certainly enjoy working with him and I have learned a lot from him. Um, consider him a great friend. And so working with this studio in Fort Smith and then being able to work with him in LA is just, uh, is just something that, you know, for me, it's finding people who get what's going on in your head and are able to grab those ideas out and put them. And you're like, wow, I need this guy on my team. And it's finding those teammates, the encouragers, the people who challenge you to get better and better. And um, if we don't have that, man, we get stale, you know, not just in music life, but in everyday life. Yeah. Got any questions, Randy? <laughs> no, but uh, it's we're about 40 minutes in and I already have to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you playing at home with your small town mentality bingo cards, uh, go ahead and mark that one off. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does that sometimes. Hey man, um, when you two beers. Man, you two. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we've, we've got a we're trying to do some small town mentality bingo for the things that we do on the show every week. 
you know, every time we say we suck or, or something like that, <laughs> or Randy has to go to the bathroom or, but Love um, it, so what are like, do you have anybody in mind that, uh, that you've worked with in the past, like shared a stage with that was just something you'll never forget? Mm. I know because you said you've done a lot of festivals and stuff. I was like, who who are some of the people you've enjoyed sharing a stage with or, you know, going after? Man, I have. Yeah. Gosh, we played with so many bands. <laughs> I figured, um, yeah. Um, I try. My, I ask uh, two generic questions, I guess. Especially well, with no, no, no. With, Those with are good questions. Those are really good questions because they make you have to think. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, what's funny about music is music is always, it always seems like it's in the future. Like you're always booking six months out. You're always waiting. Yeah. You're always waiting. So when you have to go into the past, it kind of makes you go, oh man, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Um, there's a couple bands. There's a band called Living Sacrifice that we've played with a few times um, that uh, has been inspirational in my life uh, before I was a believer uh, saw them open up for Soulfly, uh, Head PE, Snot back in like '96. Bought one of their CDs, um, and I was and I started reading the words, and I was like, "This is Christian music." What? Yeah. I was so upset that they sold me on like a message. And then when I became a believer, you know, people like what Randy was saying earlier. People are like, "Man, you got to get rid of your music and all this stuff." And I had gotten rid of all my music, and um, I was like, "Man, why did I do that?" And uh, and but I remembered there was this band that I had listened to, Living Sacrifice, super heavy. I mean, I didn't even know there was Christian music like that, and um, and it really inspired me to do what I do to keep being who you are, um, and putting your twist on what it is that you do, and letting 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 like the Lord direct you through that process, and um, and and that's been something really inspirational to me and even to know those guys and um after all these years and and see how that's worked um but there are many many bands in in our life uh locally from fort smith um radio djs that are in our life uh radio stations that we've played with that really get what you do and you sharpen iron with and a lot of times i feel like i'm more of a mentor than a musician because so many artists come up and ask questions like, how do you do this? How are you living this way? How are you booking? How are you doing these things? And I've already got like in my, on my Facebook message, I've got all these answers already saved because I get asked questions so much. And, um, Oh man. And, and I'll go and send them like, and they'll be like, wow, you guys are hard workers. And it's like, I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just saying that this is what we do to survive. And, um, but another band that I played with that's very memorable is a band called Skillet. And, ah, yeah, I was going to say, like, those are some of the people I grew up with. Skillet, Reliant K, Chevelle. Those are the oh, bands man. that I listened to when I was a Dude, teenager. Skillet's doing amazing things. They're on giant tours. I went to some live for, uh, when they came out with Monster, I believe. Yeah, they're in touring in this moment with, you know, I've seen them on festivals with Slipknot. Like, they're, they're just huge. But my 35th birthday, um, we got to play, Skillet was the headliner, and uh, there's probably 10 or 12,000 people in the audience. And, uh, and we actually got to play after Skillet. We always say, yeah, we, we played after Skillet, you know. Um, but it was my 35th birthday in Kentucky, and, um, and it was really cool because 
everyone was there to see Skillet, but there were so many people packed in that no one could really leave when we started. <laughs> so we had a giant audience and it was something that I'll, I'll never forget. You know, my brother messaged me after that show. He said, man, I saw you out there with so many people. And I said, yeah. And tonight we're playing for two people. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's what you get in the music world. You never know what you're going to get. That, that reminds me of uh, like comedians and stuff. I, I listen to a lot of comedians and comedy podcasts and they'll say like, Oh, I just did uh, Jimmy Fallon or whatever. And then the next night they do a bar show. You know? <laughs> never know. You never know. They just go do another spot. It's like, all right, that was cool. <laughs> That's exactly right, man. A job's a job. Yeah. Sorry, you, you beat me to it. I was going to say it's about the same thing in comedy. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Granny, I mean, Granny they, 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 for like five years. What? Really? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've been uh, enjoying comedy for that long. <laughs> yeah, we love we love comedy. Like even when we were in LA, we went to the the comedy store out there, and um, yeah, comedians, oh, man. It, it's the same as as music. Like it's you're scratching and clawing to survive, you know. Yeah, close close to the same lifestyles, anyways. Traveling around, you know, touring. Yeah, for sure. Any, anywhere you can get get some stage time. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, we played we played a barber shop in Brazil. You know they were like, hey, let's do a show at the barber shop, and I'm like, barber shop? Okay. Honestly, and, that that'd be a pretty cool gig to see. It was awesome, man. The barber shop was cool too. It was like a hipster, you know, throwback where they had some motorcycles in there and, um, nice. you know, that '50s style. Have you guys ever, ever? What are you gonna say? Have you ever heard of a barber saloon? Yeah, they had beers mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I found out about those things last month, man. It blew my mind. I've got to check one of those out. Yeah. Shoot, yeah. Might get a haircut while you're there. Uh, have you guys ever played uh, Salt Lake City? We have played Salt Lake City. Um, let's see. I don't... We played... That's the closest place to us that we okay. can see anybody live. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. We played Salt Lake City, and we played uh, a couple times. We played a couple churches there. We have some good friends that play in a band or did play in a band called Sleeping Giant. They're from there. Um, okay. And uh, and then we played, I'm trying to think of the name of the band. We opened up for a band called Creep. And Creep was two of the original members of White Zombie. It was the drummer, oh. Igor, and uh, I think that was his name, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, and the guitar player. And then the singer was from a band called Bile. And... Uh, and oddly enough, a friend of ours that worked at the racetrack from Fort Smith, you know, the racetrack Miller, I think it is, that's in Salt Lake City, the big giant NASCAR track. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was the director there. He booked us for that show. And man, so yeah, we know Salt Lake and my wife's uh, best friend lives in, uh, I think it's Layton or Lawton, however you pronounce it, right outside yeah, of Salt Layton, Lake City. Yeah. And, uh, and so we've been there many, many, many times. Yeah, that's the closest place to us that we could ever see live music. Yeah, that's where I saw Skillet was at the Salt Air there, and then. But I've been to many concerts since, all at the Complex. So the Complex wow. is a pretty cool spot. Yeah, we went and saw the Jazz play one night. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the, the I don't know about jazz. jazz. Yeah. Oh, we weren't there to see them. It was we're, we're big Miami Heat fans at the time, so uh, so we went and saw Miami. <laughs> I saw the Jazz play a couple of times when they were playing. They're playing my Kings though. <laughs> a Kings guy, come on, man. Well, I was born outside of Sacramento, so I kind of it took it upon myself to stay close to home. I guess. 
See, we're big Arkansas Razorback fans. So uh, Corliss Williamson played for the Kings, and and uh, he's from Arkansas. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've lived in Wyoming for 31 years. So I, I mean, I'm not really from California, but <laughs> it's just where I was born. And uh, it messes me up every time someone says they watch the Jazz play or they got Jazz tickets or whatever because I'm not a not from around here, and b I grew up, you know probably about 30 minutes away from where Dizzy Gillespie was born, 20 minutes away from where uh, Coltrane was born, and maybe an hour away from where Nina Simone was born. So you say jazz, and you <laughs> yeah. have jazz tickets. I'm like, okay, who's playing? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, New Orleans is, is has been a second home to us for, uh, oh, I guess since about 2009. Um so we, the way that we travel, so Nashville's a second home, New Orleans is a second home, Fort Smith is our P.O. box, Minneapolis has been a second home, um, and that's kind of these little circles that we kind of stay in, um, going place to place and town to town. Well, if you guys ever do Salt Lake, again, message me on Facebook or something yeah. that comes to you. Yeah, for sure. So Randy, if we, can, if we can get you into Evanston, Wyoming, which I doubt. A couple of places. There's a couple of places here. Oh man, I'm down. We love Salt Lake, man. We'd love to come jam here. So or jam there. I'm not here. Randy, where where are you from then? Uh South Carolina. South Carolina, baby. Small town called McCall. All right. Yeah. So you, uh, did you grow up a South Carolina fan? Like sports fan? Oh hell, the Panthers, uh, for example, they weren't a thing until I was almost in middle school or about halfway through middle school. So before that, the closest thing we had was the Falcons. Gotcha. What about college? Uh, see, that's the thing, because after, after high school, man, I've had friends that went to play for both Carolina and Clemson, so I'm not getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not getting in, I'm not getting caught in that turf war, man. That's, that's pretty messed up. I mean, gun to my head, Carolina, but I ain't got no hard feelings against Clemson. Gotcha. Oh, man, Clemson's hot, too. The, rival, the rivalry is fun, man, but I don't take it as far as some guys do. Love it. See, in Arkansas, man, there's there's not really – I mean, you got your AAA baseball and, and things like that, but there's no pro sports. So the closest thing is either like Dallas Cowboys or Kansas City Chiefs or, you know, in those areas. And so you just grow up a diehard Razorback fan, even if you never went to college there. You know, that's 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 the jam. And so – we we are diehard Arkansas Razorback fans. Even when they're last, they are first. Yeah, the uh, my fiance's sister lives in Arkansas, and she sent us a bunch of like Razorback swag. Nice man, coffee mugs, Jam- pajamas. Yeah, I don't think we have pajamas. But... <laughs> um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Pajama thing got me. Uh, PJs. <laughs> JJ Abr- Abrams. I, got, oh, I was gonna try. To I got a segue. Up. I got a segue back into this man because I got. I got to point this out because last week I went off on a rant about JJ Abrams mm-hmm. and what a piece of shit he was and how everything he touched <laughs> just turned to crap by the end. It never. It always fizzled out. Like I. I didn't think he ever had a plan. Uh, got kind of got took to church about that man because somebody was like, okay, lost, fizzled out because of the writer strike. I think it was someone on the air. I think it was the. Uh, What's his face? The guy doing your tattoo. Jacob. I wanted to call him Jason. Yeah. But <laughs> I think it was him. He pointed out that uh, 
Abrams didn't have anything to do with the sequels to the uh, Cloverfield movies. And uh, I think those were the main two things I was bitching about. So, uh, JJ, I know you're not listening. No, there's no, one, no one is listening. But, uh, JJ, if you're listening, you are reinvited to my birthday party. I take it all back. Last week, I got, uh, I'll try to show the camera, but I got a tattoo of our logo uh, live on the show. Oh, come on, man. That's cool to do it live. Yep. Yeah, we had uh, Jacob come in you, from Taboo or you could Tattoo. Show him the, or you could show him your shirt. That too, yeah. It's on my shirt. And awesome. you can find lovely shirts like this at the uh, Drama City Productions website Yeah, and other nice small-town mentality merch. Randy said we need to start pushing our merch. How yeah. you guys? How you guys doing on merch? You doing all right on merch? Uh, we usually do better when we're actually performing, but yeah. actually... You know, we've done a couple videos, uh, merch videos, just saying, hey, look, it's not just about us supporting us, but there are many artists out there who are, um, you know, the entertainment world is going to be the last to open back up. You know, the restaurants might be second to last. Uh, but, um, you know, the, it's not just about supporting us as artists, but go support your favorite artist. Go buy something from them. So, you know, yeah. keep going, man. And so it's the same with you guys. You guys are in the entertainment industry. And I totally agree. I mean, that helps keep food on the table. It helps keep creating new merch too. You know, for us, merch usually goes back into merch. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, that's how we roll. Two shirts, maybe. (laughs) One of them was to me. (laughs) No, no, that's the thing. You're going to, entertainment's going to be one of the last things to open back up. But at the same time, uh, it's the only thing keeping us sane right now, man. That's true. Oh man. Netflix is huge right now, right? Yeah. Netflix. Uh, I'm more of a Hulu fan. Hulu, HBO. I've, I've just been binging the shit out of YouTube lately. It's just, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I, there's just something about that freaking homegrown humor when there's just some guy coming up with ideas. Like I've been rewatching Brandon Rogers, like going all the way back to the beginning when it was just him. He was still a little bit heavy, you know. And it's just freaking inspiring. I've gotten like, a bunch of shit written down that I want to do. I'm probably not going to do it. Let's be honest. I'm very lazy. <laughs> uh, I'm a movie junkie for sure, man. I see movies like songs. So um, I'm definitely, I've, I've got uh, like my buddy, let me borrow his HBO. So I've kind of been going into that. Um, and then Hulu and then Amazon prime, of course, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, because this is a great time for an outbreak in the middle of the freaking streaming wars when everything you got to subscribe to Disney for one freaking show and then you got to subscribe to the fucking uh, CBS All Access for another show and then you got to subscribe to Amazon and then you got to subscribe to, you know, whatever the fuck ever. And now, you know, of, of all the fucking times, <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we just come? Can we just put this on hold for a minute? I feel like I got, I feel like we're, I was holding back quite a lot. And I feel like maybe we should apologize for the swearing, but this is a rated R show. So why would you apologize? I don't know. We got into a lot of Christian stuff in the beginning and I was like, Oh no, now I feel bad. <laughs> oh, by the I, I will, I will share this man. Cause I learned this recently, man. Uh, yeah. As you know, there's a good chance that Jesus was black. Yeah. And, uh, true. I found out recently that the word yo mm-hmm. goes all the way back to ancient Rome. Yo. So I just was <laughs> imagining like the part in the Bible where they were about to stone the woman that they called in the act of adultery. Uh-huh. And it's black Jesus going, yo, yo, whoa, whoa. Hey, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop that. 
<laughs> getting our history yeah, lesson viable to me <laughs> love it man I, I relate to that that's getting our history now i'm just trying to come up with more bits about yelling roman times but <laughs> I think those, are my, those are my favorite <laughs> i love the uh the period movies are probably my favorite like you know i like Gangs of New York is probably one of my favorite movies. If I was on death row, um, that'd probably be something that I would like maybe steak dinner watching Gangs of New York. <laughs> I was uh, thinking the wrong kind of period movie, but I get where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Red, I love I love when I make a off joke like that and I look he's, over at Randy and I just... He's <laughs> Oh, no, I was just remembering how one of the characters in Gang of New York was called The Butcher. Yeah, Bill the Butcher, man. Uh, oh, man full circle. Trying trying to piece that into a, a period joke since you want to <laughs> go there. Uh, well, good stuff. Uh, something about liking his meat bloody. I don't know. I got nothing. I'm, <laughs> and I need a couple of days usually to process these things. Um. No, see, that's the fucked up thing, though, because I want to watch movies, and every time I start a movie, something happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a movie on Netflix called Mute. And, and you left it on mute? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, I actually turned it up really loud and still didn't hear shit. I guess the, I, the movie didn't tip me off. No, but it's like a, it's like a, uh, a detective noir-type feel to it. Except All right. those, those old detective noir movies it's a lot of narration and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Uh, in this movie, the the main character's mute. So, you know, he it's can't all narration. He can't talk. He doesn't narrate. You oh, know. really? Yeah. And so it's a really interesting spin on the whole, you know, film noir type thing. And, uh, every time I start this damn movie, I'm about an hour away from finishing it and something happens. And, you know, like bathroom breaks, like, uh, like I'll get a call from a family member and it's like fucking two in the morning, their time. So I know something's up. If I don't answer, you know, you don't answer the phone. And it's two in the morning and, you know, on the East coast, you know, four? behind us. No, it's four or two their time. Oh, okay. So, you know, because they're behind us, uh, man, like the possibility of every time that movie you're an hour in and then your family member calls, man, that is, um, that's uncanny. The well, only- no, it's not just a family member calls or, uh, you know, Emily will come home from work. She wants to watch something else. You know, I'm not going to sit there and make her finish a movie that she didn't even see the beginning of. And I'm not restarting the damn movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always finish a movie. It doesn't matter how bad it is. I've said this before. I could be watching the world's worst movie ever made. And if I make it like 20 minutes in, I'm going to finish it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be like, that sucked to watch, but. I'm usually the same way, except there is one movie that I walked out of um, that was like, I I would never say I've walked out of a movie before, but um, the Will Ferrell, uh, John C. Riley, the the Sherlock Holmes movie that they did, Holmes and Watson or whatever. Oh my gosh, it was absolutely horrific. I don't think I've seen that one. I've heard it was terrible. I've heard people were just walking out in droves and... uh, I'll be honest, man. Will Ferrell, I like him on Saturday Night Live, but for some reason his movies never got me. It's like Talladega Nights and Anchorman were the only two that I, that he did that I really liked. I only, Old School was probably the last one I liked from Will I Ferrell. I haven't seen that one. 
Yeah, that's a classic. Old classic. school's good. Yeah. I actually haven't seen Old School, so I guess I need to put that one on. The but he wasn't the main character either, so that might be a part of it. Maybe. <laughs> it well, for many, many, for many, many, many years, it was uh, horror films for me. I was big into horror, even the old classics, the old black and whites, all the way up to, you know, black and whites were better. I mean, that's just me. Well, it's a lot of a lot of it is the shock factor these days. It's, so right. it's trying to find the diamond in the rough that's actually got a good right. story and a good, you know. I just wish black yeah. and whites could get along. <clears throat> okay, uh, <laughs> we got to work on bridging that gap, yeah. don't we? I can't, I can't get a joke out of that man because now I'm focused in on how, like, yeah, because around the the time of Hostel and Saw and everything, it just became straight torture porn. Yeah, and yeah. you know, there has to be more to horror than that. I mean, especially uh, when you go back to the old school shit. I mean, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was gory. It was gritty. It had the blood and guts, but that's not all there was to it. It didn't rely entirely on that. I liked uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, Young Frankenstein is genius. It's a great movie. Yeah. Well, even Frankenstein in general, the OG. I mean, yeah. you know, you, there's a there's a um, there's a silent film that of Frankenstein even before the Frankenstein that we all know, the Boris Karloff, and um, and it's super cool too for silent film and you know all the tricks that they did for back then. But even Frankenstein, I mean, that movie scared people. You know, there yeah. was nothing ever like that, and. So what, like, there's your first, there's a scare. And then how do you keep building on scare tactics, you know? And I was always a Freddy Krueger guy. You know, I liked, I liked, he scared me when I was a kid. So I was, I was always scared of him popping up somewhere. <laughs> well, one of the things I like, uh, you know, one of the things I like now is that they have horror games. I'm just fascinated with the idea uh, of horror yeah. video games because it's not just, passively experiencing the story by watching like the final girl open the door and run upstairs when you know she should be running out the fucking front door now it's you yeah you want you want to criticize shit tough guy why don't you why don't you take a take a uh, moment in the driver's seat and uh see how well you're doing this scary situation and it's amazing how fast it gets in your head have you seen the and VR you know one? nothing's gonna happen you know nothing's gonna happen because you know it's just a video game but you're scared of being scared Right. It is a whole new fucking level of scared, but you're immersed in it because you're the one moving down the hall. You're the one opening the doors. You're the one doing all this shit. Yeah. Not to mention that regular video games, they reward you with that shot of endorphins yeah. whenever you <laughs> accomplish something or you feel like you passed the level. This game hits you with them endorphins, but it fucking punishes you when you fuck up. <laughs> and that's what I love about them. See, I don't have, I don't, I never had the, I, and I still to this day, I have a Nintendo 64. Like I've never had anything more than a Nintendo 64. So I've still got, you know, NFL Blitz, GoldenEye, uh, Smash Brothers. So I, I wouldn't know what, you know, playing. Now, I'm not saying that I haven't played like Call of Duty and things like that. But everyone just, they kill me on Call of Duty because I don't know what to do. There's so many buttons and there's so many things. I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> me and my wife get down on some call of duty every weekend we're we're straight gamers man we put we put up the camp camp chairs in the living room we both got headsets and we just go in it all night see i just gotta it's something i gotta learn and now i feel like i'm already too far behind the times you know yeah i still have a 64 uh i hooked it up for my kid he, he didn't know what to do yeah <laughs> <laughs> didn't know how to hold the controller yeah <laughs> that's awesome 
No, oh, the, uh, I grew up playing all that same stuff, though. I never had a 64. No? And I had the... Uh, OG? NES? Well, I had the NES. I had the Super NES. And uh, then Sega Genesis. And then it went straight to PlayStation. Yeah, Sega Genesis, man. I remember that. So yeah, I had uh, some great times on NES. Me and my brother playing Ninja Turtles and Mario and all that stuff. I had Atari, man, when it first came out. Well, I say when it first came out, it was already out like two or three years, but then I got an Atari. Um, you know, Pong was pretty sweet. Talk about yeah. scary. Now, we uh, we had an Atari, but it wasn't like new or anything. I think we found it secondhand and picked it up. And this was when the NES was still the thing, and we just picked it up. And we had, what, Bubble Bubblegum something and Dig Dug were the two games we had for it. You were talking about merch earlier, and you were also talking about merch earlier. It reminded me that I saw this called this uh, page on Instagram. We follow each other. It's called custompogs.com. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about getting some STMP pogs. That would be dope to just hand out to people. Come on. They have slammers, but they definitely got pogs. Wouldn't it be cool yeah. to have a logo pog? <laughs> sure. Do you remember pogs? I guess. Oh, so. older than us. Hey, now. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'd do with the small town mentality pog, though. I'd probably carry it around in my freaking pocket like it's my 12 week chip or something. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another game system. What was the handheld? The oh, game, Boy? game Boy. Game Boy. That's right. I had some of those. Dude, I found my Game Boy when I went home for Christmas. Uh-huh. Was it color? Or? I was going through. No, it was the original. Original. Yeah, I never had the Game Boy color. Yeah, I didn't either. Have back on it, but it still freaking worked. Nice. And I'm like, I should take this. I should bring this back to Wyoming with me. And then I'm like, I got Tetris on my phone. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> literally the only game in there is Tetris. I'm not. And you could probably download all the free different versions of Tetris that there is. Well, you can get you can get like NES emulators on your phone through the Google Play Store, and then you can just download like original Mario, Sonic, all that stuff. Actually, uh, Sony or not Sony, Sega. Sega came out with. All of their old games for, uh, for your phone, like a phone game. Oh, cool! I actually downloaded Sonic not too long ago, and I actually came so close to bringing that controller. Yeah. That I use on my phone when I'm playing games, but yeah. But Man, yeah, those and it's pretty much the same as playing it on Sega. I mean, it's smaller and uh, yeah. Well, like I was saying, NES, you have to get an emulator. Sony actually built yeah apps for your phone. They came out with all of their original games. So you had Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. uh, Golden Axe. I love Golden Axe, man. Um, See, I never had game. these games. My head. Oh, you never played Sega? Uh-uh. I remember, I mean, I knew Sonic the, he- Sonic the Hedgehog. I've, I've played that before. But yeah, I never got into the Sega thing. Did you see the movie that came out? The new, the new movie? I haven't, last I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. I haven't seen the it. The internet bullied them into changing no, the yeah. entire game. The internet didn't bully them. <laughs> <laughs> the internet did not bully shit, okay? I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this fucking toxic fan rhetoric, okay? No. The internet, you know what the internet said? They Sony said, "Hey, here's a trailer for our new film. This is the product that we are selling. Here's here's what we here's what you got to look forward to. Enjoy the preview of the product that we intend to sell you." And everybody said, "We're not fucking buying that." It doesn't look anything like Sonic. It looks like fucking nightmare fodic, and we're not fucking buying it, you know? <laughs> And Sony and Sony in a moment of unprecedented brilliance said, hey, fuck it, we'll change it. <laughs> and we'll make it we'll 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 make the character look more like the character from the video games. My kids love that movie. <laughs> I had to watch it like ten times. 
and it worked. And I haven't seen the film, but everybody I know who's seen the film loved it. Yeah, it was good. And yeah. said it was really good. And it's like, how fast did that ship go to go towards fucking sinking just because of that shitty character design? Jim Carrey made a great uh, Dr. Egghead. <laughs> Man, but see, I, like my son is 23 years old. So like I wouldn't watch Sonic probably unless I had kids. Nostalgia. Well, <laughs> true, I guess. If you they had super, Jim Carrey, they had a Super <laughs> Mario movie come out, I'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." It did come out. Yeah, oh, it's well. called Super Mario Bros. <laughs> it was in the '90s, and everybody hated it except for this guy. It was your jam. It's actually gotten more of a following lately, and I'm not sure what the <laughs> hell's happened. It's the um, cult classic. I, I love it. I always loved it. Either the nostalgia goggles are strong or we truly are in the middle of idiocracy that that movie has gotten. Me and made. my wife went to Walmart today. They had MTV windbreaker jackets <laughs> in all kinds of different colors. So the 90s are definitely coming back. MTV. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of the uh, speaking of idiocracy, um, my son and I and my wife watched that movie a couple days ago. Oh, nice. I love that movie. Yeah, it's great. It has electrolytes. <laughs> yes it does <laughs> oh man and then we also watched something that was fantastic i actually watched it uh, two days in a row it was the new beastie boys documentary oh nice man Love me some beastie boys. so good so good we uh we used to bump we, we would cruise around town you know we call it cruising I, I think every town does something similar and we just do the strip you know and we would bump girls just over and over again. <laughs> Love that song. Oh, man. I don't know if they could get away with that song these days. Yeah, probably not. But we used to do it with, we'd cruise around with my pastor and bump it, and he'd tell us to turn it down. He's like, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. I'm just picturing having your pastor sitting there when it's checking my D to my dismay. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. See, my uh -huh. pastor would have been like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> All we really want is girls. Uh, yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't born a pastor, dude. I was a teenager once. Oh, <laughs> man. True. That's true. That album came out, I think, seventh grade, man. <laughs> That's a good one. I enjoyed it. Also, uh, I remember getting down on some It's Tricky. Was that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ruddy Ruddy and yeah, I fucking love it. That was my jam for a long time. It's a good tune. Classic. Shout out to uh, yeah. Chance over here, who loves you guys. Yeah, man, Chance. He's uh, he has an MMA gym back in back in Fort Smith. Showdown nice. MMA. I, I um, we reconnected. Like I knew him from a town that I graduated in, called Boonville, Arkansas. And um, Boonville, that sounds like an awesome town. Yeah, man. It was uh, well. I'll just leave it to your thoughts because yep. it's self-explanatory. I was thinking some really cool stuff. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, man. Chance and I have known each other for years. He's, uh, But his gym, he's got a sweet gym out there, and uh, it's just killer stuff. So these drum videos I've been working on, uh, I was thinking about maybe going to his gym and actually instead of taking sticks, like putting on some gloves and punching out beats like on some of the bags or maybe taking the ropes and making some sounds and nice. you know, dude, trying to flip it to where it's not, it's a still a drum video, but it's, um, I don't know, more using the things that are there to make the sounds. 
I know you said you you're pretty sure you deleted your TikTok, but I think the, your drum videos on there are super underrated. They should have got a lot more than they did, to be honest. Uh, that's uh, maybe that's my personal opinion, but I loved them. I thought it was creative, and they should have definitely done a lot more. Maybe it was the algorithm or something. Upload yeah, them again uh, with some hashtags. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean that's how it works, right? Like the more you post, the more things. Yeah, the more, I guess you so. know, you got to be. You basically got to spend all your time all day long on yeah I don't. a social media <laughs> platform to be able for it to do well but i'll probably still keep posting those videos there i guess our maybe time. try some other locations uh because facebook and instagram twitter you can have videos and all those things maybe just cross platform all those videos and see see if you can get some more eyes on them because i thought they were pretty cool well i appreciate that man i really do um yeah i think facebook is obviously our biggest you know yeah a, a video that would have 80,000 views has 300 on YouTube. So it's, yeah. you know, it's just two different worlds of, of audience. Just depends on where you're at, I guess. Go, yeah. go where the audience is. It also, yeah. I think it depends on your age too. And every account I'm hearing is saying that YouTube game is basically rigged at this point. So yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think we're on YouTube right now. Nobody's watching. I can almost promise you that. <laughs> is that right up there in the corner? What's that say? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What's it say? <laughs> Which corner? What are we talking about? We got a couple people watching. I don't. I can't see. Describe it to me. <laughs> These new contacts ain't going so good. Yeah, all, right, all right. Well, we're going to start winding it down. We don't want to keep you hey, forever. Ginger. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of some, something else to ask you to close it out. Um. Um. Um, this is how could, our show goes. If you could, if you could, oh, I got, I got, I got one. If you could fight any musician, oh, there you go. Not, not, wow. not, not play with, not jam with, not talk to, or have dinner with. I'm talking about if you could fight any musician, living or dead, who would it be? Fight, man. Hard part. You're gonna get in scrap with. I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's the hardest part, man. It. I don't know. Let me think here. If I had to fight any musician. Oh, give me Michael Jackson. Okay. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would sumo wrestle Elvis. I was going to say that. <laughs> it has to be sumo, though, because that guy had like a black three black belts or some shit, man. I feel like Michael Jackson was kind of cheating. The guy was weak. He's pretty weak, man. Well, you got to know me, too, I man. I got to take some... I, feel like, answer for me. I guess. I feel like Michael Jackson would... He'd be like, man, what are you doing? I'd be like, I don't know, man. Let's just let's just write some tunes. No, he no, could just... he could probably shuck and jive with his dance moves, like uh, blocking blocking all your stuff. I was trying to do. I can't I can't do a Michael Jackson move. What hey, am speaking, I doing? I'm like awkwardly doing this. Speaking of fighting, did you guys see that Mike Tyson's making a comeback? I heard about that. Yeah, I heard he, that he uh, was him had in Holyfield, week. right? I don't know. I heard he had a weed farm though in California. Or not Holyfield. <laughs> uh, God, who was it? He said he was going to fight. I can't recall, but he's looking in. He's he's looking big, man. I don't. I mean, I'd like to see how that goes, man. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll start winding yeah. it down. Uh, I've got. I actually put all of your links in our YouTube and Facebook descriptions. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, he's right. got another one Okay, for you. if you could make a song 
Oh. Write a song with any fighter. <laughs> Who would it be? Hmm. That's great. Because again, my answer is Elvis. Fighter? <laughs> yeah. He had like three black belts or some ridiculous shit, mm -hmm. man. He was badass, actually. Well, I guess the ultimate answer would have to be Chuck Norris, man. Ooh, there you go. Because you I know that he, song would kill. I think he's probably got some country twang in there. Chuck Norris. He's actually one of the spokespeople for the company I work for. And hmm. I've heard on occasion we might get to meet him one day. That'd be cool. We did. Maybe I'll write a song with Chance since he's watching. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. Wondering about since you mentioned MMA gems, I was wondering how the MMA gems are doing right now. And I'm like, duh, altitude masks. Why not? Why not just go in with an elevation mask, kill two birds with one stone? There you go. I heard that they were uh, some of that stuff was like also going to be one of the last to open, like gyms and things like that. Well, some of them are open again. They just got to be real. Everything careful. here is open. Yeah, I don't know about everywhere else, but our our town never closed. Everything not really. <laughs> everything's open. Yeah, I don't know. Closed the bars for a couple of weeks, and the restaurants were carry out for a while. Even the bars that actually that they there was a certain bar that they put a bunch of cases to, like oh it all started here. Yeah. They're open again. <laughs> yeah, I think like Nashville, um, there's big, you know, uh signs downtown, the electronic signs that uh that say wear a mask, it's the law. Um they've had to go back to phase two because Broadway, all the honky tonks, I think um I think everybody was Hey, what's up, Clive and Daphne? They're they're from New Zealand. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's just now showing up. I know, right? <laughs> um, you guys will have to go back and check the whole the whole episode out. Um, so, but they've actually went back to phase two. Like, if you, I think if you don't wear a mask, I thought I heard that it's a misdemeanor now. So, uh, really, yeah. I mean, it's just everybody's just like nothing ever happened. Just come out and party, you know. And uh, so they had to scale back. Did the microphones pick that up? I don't know. That was crazy. <laughs> I didn't hear uh, anything. Okay. Oh, there's a band that rehearses upstairs. It happens every Friday. We have to tell the same story on the show every time. Every Friday, there's a band upstairs that gets real loud. Uh, the and, mics uh, never pick. We can hear them through the headphones, but our mics never pick them up, so it's not really a problem. We're always like, what is going on up there? So I, think, I think the mics might have picked up that last note. <laughs> That's awesome. So, like, where we stay uh, here in Nashville is right across from the fire department. So, we hear the fire department, the ambulances, the police cars, just all night long. <sighs> Man, everybody's jumping on right now. I know. I that's know. what I'm saying. <laughs> and I saw my friend Ginger's on here. I love her. I'm guessing uh, it just got shared a bunch more times or something. <laughs> I, That's I, all right. I promise you it was nothing I did because I don't I think one of my Facebook friends joined my watch party. <laughs> and... It's all you, Randy. You did it all. Oh, man. Did you go have a when you got up? Did you go get your third beer? No, I had to pee out the first two. We've been drinking. Speaking of 90s nostalgia, me and Randy here have been drinking Surge. I'm going to hold it up here. That's a, that's an original Surge. Man, that is old school. Just kidding. That would suck if it was from the 90s. It'd probably be gross. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody that's feeling nostalgic today, 
I'm drinking a surge for you. Maybe yep. that's it. I'm just hopped up on 30 year old soda. <laughs> oh man. I don't think it's still 30 years old. That would explain why that radiator is melting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it probably could stop your heart still though. Oh yeah. man. When I, when I was, a, when I was drinking, uh, bourbon was my favorite. I mean, I, I liked going to, um, we would always do, uh, craft like if we were in a different city we would go to that like if you're in michigan you we'd go to founders or if we're in san diego you know we'd go to the stone brewery or whatever like figure out what the local brews are and things like that and then i kind of became a bourbon snob on the road too like bourbon became my thing and um oh but i quit drinking like it's been over a year now nice yeah it has been a game changer actually um, I also quit drinking. It's been uh, about a week. Hey. Yeah. I'm going to start again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Took a week off, did you? <laughs> no, but that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Well, I needed to. Not that I was, I felt like I was an alcoholic, but I was just, you know, sometimes you things can consume you and can take you into some dark places and you don't realize it until uh, till you stop doing it. And um, had some had some surgeries happen, and the doctor was like, "Man, drinking's not doing you any favors. Why don't you go ahead and cut that stuff out?" And uh, challenged me a little bit, and I did. And man, focus and clarity are a whole new ball game. It's awesome, actually. Yeah, I can go into some pretty dark places without any help. <laughs> that makes both of us, man. <laughs> Sometimes on those really long, you know, drives, it's it's pitch black and you're just cruising and start getting into your own head and you can go, you can go all kinds of places. Yeah. Snap yourself out of it. Sometimes I start calling that the cartoon. My wife calls it when I get cartoony (laughs) and uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Those times you're like, I could just, I could just drive this off the road, you know? Anyways, <laughs> therapy has been a game changer for me. That's for sure. Man. I've thought about it a time or two. <laughs> it's been, um, it's been a couple of years now and definitely, um, it has helped me get over a lot of guilt and shame and really, uh, start to retune again and figure out suicide and depression. You know, I always say that's the artist curse. And I mean, you guys know as well as I do in the musical world that, there's a lot of tragedy. Um, I feel like it's because a lot of musicians and artists put their heart and soul out there for everybody to see. And they don't really know the person behind all of that, you know, and it's easy to, um, to stereotype and to cut people back uh, when you don't know who they really are. Yeah. And uh, it can be overwhelming, man. I mean, great songs are written about it. Yeah, it's true. You know? it, it's like uh, I, they don't have a saying for it in, in music, really. But in comedy, they they say uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy. So it's kind of there's there's a part of that in music too, I believe, because you said a lot of great songs have been have been written about tragedy and things like that. So it's kind of the same concept. It just depends on where you put the energy. You put the sure. energy into the music or comedy or the. I mean, I'm sure that you know. Randy, you doing comedy as well. Like you put a lot of your personal life into cracking jokes. What would almost be like on yourself. It's the same as me as a, as a writer. Like I write a lot about the things I struggle with or the things that uh, have consumed me. Um, and you know, 
really what you're just trying to do is identify with somebody. Yeah. I uh, think the experience for me, cause that's why I'm sitting here just looking back and forth. Cause you guys are talking about, and I'm, I'm good at finding humor in a dark place, but it usually has to be my dark place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. uh, but the way it works with me is once I've made a joke out of it, I can carry it. You know, it's not gone. It's not completely, you know, gone, like just blows away in the wind or anything. But once I make something into a joke or make a joke out of it, it becomes lighter. I can carry it. I, yeah. don't, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. It's, like a, it's, it's the same. It's the same as writing your writing a song. Like once it, once it's out there, it, it's almost like you've re- kind of released, even though you know what you wrote about, it releases some of that in a, in a well, in a healthy way. Yeah. yeah. My favorite right. is. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I'm listening to you. I was just gonna say my favorite is when you tell you you tell one of those jokes, and it's really based on a you know something that actually happened to you, and you're finding humor in it, and then someone gets offended. I'm like, you're gonna get offended on by me <laughs> on my behalf. I mean, it didn't happen to you. Fuck you. Why do you? Why do I? <laughs> what the. <laughs> If I, if I can laugh at my pain, you can laugh at my pain. You have my permission. Do you need to know what's going on? Let's you just get offended at my tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking specifically of uh, actually. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of the OBGYN joke with Emily and yeah that whole bit. But Jesus, she wrote half of it. Yeah. <laughs> I started. I started telling her, you know, the jokes that were going through my head, and she just added on to it. And I'm just sitting there with a notepad and pen. I've said a million times she's funnier than me. Yeah, you guys riffing. She just doesn't have she just doesn't have any desire to go on stage or make jokes. Emily's uh usually it, it's his fiance, but she's usually also our producer. Okay, so you're just gonna dox her right now. I mean, yeah. she she'd been doing it anonymously for the last oh. so well I've <laughs> I've said Emily before. Yeah, I know. She said it's fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I know I'm just giving you shit. Dude. Oh. Just... Man behind the curtains coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm producing today. It's not. I mean, see, I just do this. <laughs> do Take care, Saul. <laughs> and uh, we don't have Jamie to look that up, I guess. No. Um. So I was gonna ask, uh, what kind of, what other songs did you uh, have? Like, if you had anyone in mind for us to play at the end of this show today? Because we can't, we can't do it uh, live. Obviously, it's on the audio sure. version only because YouTube. We'll flag us for that. <laughs> no, great. Um, let's see. There's a song out there called I Didn't Come Here to Die, which is the title of the album. And for anybody that's watching, um, you know, if you go to whitecollarsideshow.com, you can find all of our music. Um, or if you just Google White Collar Sideshow, you can find anything there is to know or where anything is about us. And then all of our music's on every social media platform, Pandora, Spotify, whatever is out there, you, you can find it. Um, I didn't come here to die as good, but if you guys are a cover song fan, we actually did a cover song on this album. Uh, we did break on through by the doors. Hey, and, uh, and we did our style, our version, um, which again, there are, there's some haters out there that were like, what, how could you possibly do this song? But I would hope at the end of the day, someone like Jim Morrison might go, man, I love the way you did your own artistic approach to that song. Uh, thank you, Mary. Uh, thank you, Amanda. <laughs> um, and uh, so 
like we did it our we did it our version of it we did a white collar sideshow version of that and um and you know to do a song that's so iconic that is uh that everybody knows that gets played on a radio station somewhere probably two or three times a day um obviously i don't want to man it's already a, a killer song i love the doors probably one of my all-time favorite bands um so it's a song that means a lot to me and has history with me and if you guys wanted to play that one i think it'd be pretty sweet yeah yeah that actually sounds awesome yeah i, def- I most definitely would play that one so stick around after the show uh to, to well audio version only obviously stick around after the show to check that out and if you guys have any trouble finding white color color uh sideshow i've got um all a lot of their links in the youtube description the facebook description and they will be in the podcast description uh so you know exactly where to find them all their links are going to be there if you guys have any trouble if you don't know how to listen with your ears obviously <laughs> you're listening to the podcast uh randy where can i find you um somewhere floundering in the <laughs> gaps between my delusion and reality yeah okay um, in this constant state of depression <laughs> uh, anxiety or depression <laughs> yeah one of the An- two anxiety, but, man, anxiety but the anxiety sometimes manifests itself as outward hostility which when you're like a six foot two gigantor gorilla of a dude is not a good look uh and if, if you want to hear more about this you can follow me on facebook uh Randy Garner humor on Instagram and uh, I think that's about it these days that I'm really active on. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My personal accounts are at never been funny with one E and you know where to find us at STM pod on all things everywhere. And apparently according to Randy, check out our merch shout out to our sponsors. Ballsy go to ballwash.com. Use promo code STM pod at checkout. Save yourself 15% spunk lube. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do the segue because somebody <laughs> hid all of the, here here it's all right we'll just shout them out real quick spunkloop.com promo code stmpod for 10 percent off your order and check out a witch's vape shop downtown evanston wyoming we're always hooking us up with cool vape stuff and that's it we end the search go to search.com <laughs> just for fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> just to see if it's a thing i don't even know if it's a thing and i appreciate you guys so much for doing a last minute get together and coming on the show and hey, hanging out for an hour ben, and a half. Ben, Randy, uh, thank you very much. It's an honor to just to get to chat. I, and I love everything about the podcast. I love just hanging and chatting. Um, man, I, it's that's cool to me. So I'd love to do it again one day if you're ever. Oh, yeah. you're anybody. If someone else backs out, you, you can be like, hey, T, are you free tonight? And I'll be like, sure, man. Oh, that'd be awesome. Hey, we will take you up on that. Yeah, man. I'm sure we'll have to <laughs> one day. Yeah, it's. I mean, we. I got. We got lucky tonight. You guys were. Uh, yeah. You were hanging out. We were hanging out. So, we okay. really appreciate you coming on. We will be sharing your stuff off and on. I'm sure for the foreseeable future. So. Well, super appreciate you guys, man. And uh, again, like, thanks for having me. And for until next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, merch. He's a dummy. Bye, bye.
You know the day destroys the night Night divides the day We tried to run We tried to Found an island 